0: Hello, my name is Kyle. I'm an alcoholic. I'm your grapevine rep. And um, I have a issue here that's called, uh, let's see, it's from 1980. So it's kind of an oldie. And um, so grapevine, if you don't know what it is, it's a meeting in literature. Um, You can bring it to H&I, give it to folks who can't make it to meetings. It's about $27 for a year if you get it uh, virtually, um, and you can access all the old issues. If you do that. So Les had said that I should grab a story and just highlight it for you guys. So I, I picked one called, um, let's see, it's called the great equalizer. And it says sobriety seems to be the great equalizer for AA. It does not matter if you have a penny to your name, no home, no job. If your faith holds steadfast and embrace the principles of this program, you will have dignity. True sobriety garners respect it's something to strive for. That's from one of our fellows, Claire Ed. Thank you. Whoa, oh, give it out! Oh yeah. Does anyone want? Um, who would like this Three issue minutes. from nineteen eighty? Oh okay. Pretty amazing. Okay. Go ahead. Here you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, congratulations on your first. Absolutely. Okay. Got to, okay. Yeah, you get to
1: introduce. Introduce the 10 minute speaker, right? We're all done. 10 minutes over. 45. Huh? Oh, 10 minutes main over. Speaker. Oh. So, at this time, we'd like to introduce our main speaker for tonight, uh, all the way, I think, from uh, Covina, Glendora. Yeah, let's thank, let's give a big hand. Don, yeah. you tell me when 35 minutes is up if I make it that long Hi, I'm Don Nelson grateful alcoholic Hi, Don. I'm Hi, Don. also a grateful member of uh, the other side of the fence, Al-Anon uh, I've got 36 years in both thank you for asking me this is a wonderful gift to be able to do the 12 steps up here to do the 12 step, you know, pass a message whether it's one person or a bunch all of you who took chips awesome uh collect them all don't run out we got plenty here uh i i told what i do i purposely do not let myself think about what i want to say simply because it's like sitting in a rocking chair there's lots of action but you don't go anywhere you know and you you know the scenario is you think about all these things you want to say and you get up here and nothing happened so I'm just gonna talk from the spirit um, I don't like real long drug logs but um, I'll, I'll fill you in briefly I lived in a little railroad town both my parents were alcoholics uh, my dad when I was seven or eight went to prison my mom was a uh, uh, town uh, well I guess I may as well just say it the town uh, lady of the night how's that All let's right. be gentle Well, after nine years old, I ended up in 11 different foster homes. And the last home I love uh, that I... Wait, let me back up. At nine years old, I was already a blackout drinker on a daily basis. You know, that's just the way it was. I don't want to go into detail because, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I went through 11 different foster homes. I ended up on this uh, ranch where it was... uh, I was basically child slavery. Uh, I, I lived there for four years and everything that you know about slavery, trust me, as a child it's even worse. You know, It's where you have absolutely nothing, nothing except your mind and you have no control over anything. So when you get out of that environment, the first thing you want to do is control everything. Okay, uh, after that. Uh, I met my uh, mother of my children and uh, oh wait, after that I went with my dad, my dad dumped me off with my mother and then I ended up going to uh, in the Navy, got out of that, met the mother of my children in Tahoe, six weeks later she said, "Uh, guess what? So we had two kids, we lived together about 14 years. I went to work for the railroad and that's where I really learned how to drink. We had a special locker for our alcohol and uh, it was locker number 93 and all I wanted to do was fit in. I just wanted to be a part of, of whatever the hell it was they were. So I brought in a little bottle of whiskey and this, to this old guy thinking oh okay he's gonna share it with me. He just downed the whole thing and said thanks kid. so that was what I wanted to do I wanted to be able to learn to drink like that well unfortunately I did Um, for my daughter's seventh birthday um, she had friends and everything over and I got a little too drunk and I stood up and I peed out the kitchen window Uh, so the next day it was pretty clear I might have a problem so I quit drinking and I went on a drug maintenance program, and uh, I kept that up for a while. Eventually uh, I was relieved, Uh, my best friend uh, relieved me of my higher power, which was the mother of my children, Uh, she, you know, I did anything, Les and I were talking, it's about Oh, how do you want me today? You want me tough? You want me macho? You want me uh, gentle? You want me kind? What can I do? Can I tap dance for you? Just don't leave me. You know, that's just the way I live. Whatever you wanted, you got, you know. And uh, she had a slight problem also, but uh, that's beside the point. Um, My best friend relieved me of the bondage of her. Uh, (laughs) I guess they're together still after all these years but uh, to make a long story short then I traveled uh, I I made a geographic and I just got up and left because I was at the point that um, I was going to kill them both I really and truly was and if I drank enough I would have I remember one of my last drunks there before I, I came down here I had drank a tremendous amount of alcohol I mean enough should have killed me and i'm standing in the middle of a dance floor i'm stone cold sober it quit working it quit working so uh you know i i had to start finding something to replace it so i heard my sister had been in this program so i made a geographic and ran down here i left my kids i lost my house i lost everything but my job I ended up living under a bridge there in LA where I work and living in my car. Thank God they had a shower, you know, and eventually uh, my sister let me come to stay with her for a little while and I got an apartment Then I started going to AA, you know. And this is where I really, my biggest problem was that first step. It took me a long time to get over that, the idea that I was powerless over alcohol. There was always something in the back of my mind that told me yeah you know maybe you can have a drink you know and just constant nagging and i walked around with this big hole in my stomach and you know, i just didn't know what was going on and uh anyway uh what what happened was uh i i worked in la at this shop they called it the shops i i was trained we made up trains and stuff and i got stuck working midnight with this guy and his he comes in and the first thing he says oh by the way i was atheist because i my mother of my children told me there was no god so there was no god simple as that i just cut it out anyway my higher power has a funny way of working with me i work midnights and this guy come in the first thing he does he looks at me and he goes god loves you just the way you are <laughs> he's got a special plan for you and he put this piece of paper in front of me and the first thing that went to my mind is, oh, God, Jesus freak, Bible-thumping Jesus freak. Thank you. That's just what I needed at this point. You know, and anyway, this went on for, over I don't know how many months, every night, same thing, handed me this little book, booklet. I throw it in the garbage, you pick it up. Finally, I said, okay, tell me about this God this wonderful god of yours so we started we had a big fire barrel and we started sitting around and i can tell you it wasn't i didn't want to learn i just wanted to prove him wrong my first questions was like we read in the big book how come he allows all these wars how come he like you know where was he when i went through all these foster homes where was you know what kind of god have you got he's supposed to be protecting me you know he's supposed to be giving me and taking care of me well he started answering a little bit and I start on the way to work. There was this guy called Charles Stanley on the radio. Oh, yes. And I would listen to him just so that I could try and stump him with something. And it didn't happen, you know, and this started going on and on and on. And eventually, you know, I found my higher power. Um, I still didn't think that I still didn't really believe I was an alcoholic It took it. It took quite a few years, even though I worked the steps and everything. I lost everything, uh, and in the meantime, uh, I put myself in—well, I guess in a net house. I don't know what the, what you call them. <laughs> but uh, I put myself in there because I had lost everything. I had no hope, and all I wanted to do was die. But I didn't have a problem with alcohol. They had a—they had an alcoholic program right next door, but you know that wasn't my problem it was what everybody did to me if only they wouldn't have I would have been just wonderful I would have been just fine you know it's because of everybody else that I'm this way it's them that made me drink it's them that made me use and uh, well uh, what I got out of there was uh, a couple meetings of al where I just sat back and went, oh, God, that poor lady, why don't they just leave? And the next thing I, I, I acquired there was a, a married woman. And, you know, that's typical. I mean, we understood each other. I don't know if you've ever been to a rehab place or whatever, but, you know, everyone's loving and open and, you know you just fall in love god the consequences you know the consequences so anyway i got out of there and i had my own apartment and i was working and uh, i was going to a meetings over there on cherry street and the only reason i went was i was looking for companionship i was a little lonely and um that wasn't too successful i went to the dances um, the only reason I stood in a circle and prayed was to hold hands with a pretty girl. That didn't work. I mean, I was there for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I sat there and judged everybody. God, if only, you know, look at them. God, if I was that way, no wonder, you know. And what happened was my sister spoke. And I told her, afterwards, if I went through what you went through, I would have been an alcoholic and an addict, too. And she said, brother, you were there with me. (laughs) So that sort of started changing things around. Um, The good part now, kind of, uh, the real good part, the good part is that uh, I met my wife and within six weeks we were married My god i knew how to capture him she had a car she had been in al she had kids she had everything i lost well i was in for kind of a surprise she she drugged me she went with me to a couple meetings alan it was family afterwards and, and then she looked at me one day and she says uh, get your ass to men's meetings I'm not your mother. You need to get out and you need to start working on yourself. That's it! Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's from the other side of the fence, I'll tell you. <laughs> Believe me. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the first step and, and how do we turn it over? How do I turn it over? It's real easy for me as long as it's the way I want it. If it's only you do that, it'll be fine but i have learned through being older getting ancient up here <laughs> i used to hear things like uh, there's no big deals and i used to think why well, you asshole how what do you mean look at what i'm going through and you're telling me this isn't a big deal well guess what when you get to be an old fart like me there are no big deals <laughs> you get to the point to where you don't deal with crap anymore you don't deal with people you don't you just get right down to the nitty gritty you don't you don't fool around and uh, wow, I'm starting to get wound up here. my hands are warming up I'm getting going. I don 't know where the hell I 'm going, but you know this program will teach me it'll take me. I don't want to go through the steps i've done that too many damn times. Uh, Seriously, each time I do them, I learn something else. And I was, you know, every time I talk to another alcoholic, I don't care how much uh, sobriety you have, it's like I was talking to Les, and we started reminiscing about how do you want me, you know, trying to fit in. I'll do anything if you just like me. You know, these are things, uh, the other side of the fence has taught me a lot too. I've done a lot of damage to my children. You know, my son is 53, he will not talk to me anymore. His children, he, you know, his anger was transferred to the children. They don't talk to me, but I do have my daughter in my life. I have some grandsons in my life, a great grandson uh, on that side of the family. And uh, they want to come and see me. They love me. I know they love me. I'm, I'm really open with my daughter. And, uh, you know, new revelations come up. Uh, the other side of the fence. Uh, I had to start looking at, okay, I made amends to these people. I said I'm sorry for doing that. So what? No, I don't do it again. But have you really looked at the damage you did? What did you really do to those people that you made amends to? How do they feel? You know, what are the ramifications of that? You know, there's things that my daughter has carried... You know, she's 50. She's carried, you know, she's carried it. Until today, I I see the habits and that that were established when they were little. Um, I will say this much for me. I was a damn good father. And I I really was. I participated with my children. I went to their schools. I did school functions. I did all, I, my daughter, I, I put her through ice skating. She got high enough that uh, I ran out of money, property, and prestige, and you, you couldn't afford it. These people need sponsors. you got to have big bucks to get, you know, that uh, to that degree. My son, hockey lessons, anything they wanted, they got. I participated in their life fully, you know, and every day was I love you. I never missed a day without saying I love you. I never missed a day without telling them how important they were. I never missed a day telling them how proud of them I were. Uh, so, you know, there, there was a lot of good things in all of the chaos and all that chaos, you know I've never talked about this side of my family ever and I don't know why it's coming up But it is and that's where I got to go uh, I worked on a U pick farm I learned how to can I still can today. I just finished making a bunch of jams uh, I learned how to can I was self-sufficient. Uh, I didn't the only thing I bought at the store was milk Uh, I traded everything, dental, everything. I had a a, a little car. I had a Volkswagen with stuff in the back. I went door to door selling vegetables. Uh, You know, I had five businesses when I left, all successful, and I walked away from everything. I only took a little bit. I took the car and a little bit of what I wanted, and I just left the rest. It didn't matter. I wish I would've done that now, but that's the way it goes, you know. I don't miss it. But um, that, that relationship, I've, I've really learned a lot. I got a lot of gifts out of it. You know, once you get at the other side, you start looking at the other people and realizing, you know, she had a problem too. She's mentally ill. You know, so I'm going to be honest with you. Until I got to the other side, I hated her guts. I wished her nothing but bad. And, and that's with my higher power, you know? And that's, what, what has happened is that he's taken care of all of that for me. She's absolutely miserable. She's still doing drugs. She looks like she's 150 years old. Uh, she's really unhappy. Uh, my son doesn't want to talk to her either. Uh, so, you know, that hatred, because of this program was re- replaced with compassion with love of that person with the acceptance of that person for exactly who they were you know that's that's just the way my cards were dealt that's the way i played the hand you know that's that's life on life's terms uh but it takes a long time and a little bit of work to go through it and i'll tell you what's really saved my ass is sponsoring men i sponsor one man at a time and it takes a year to go through what i do with them and every time I do, I learn something else. Some I discover something else. Especially when they get to their fourth step, I go, "Oh crap! That was me. I forgot to put that down." You know, <laughs> it's so important that we get out that pen and paper. Get you, you know, it's action. I I heard this at a, a meeting the other day, and this was from a, a guy that hadn't been around very long. Action. How do we learn action in this? in this program. I didn't want to do shit. I just wanted you to tell me how to not drink and be happy ever after. That's all I wanted from you. That and a girlfriend. Uh, But action, the first thing we do, how do we start action? We raise our hand and identify as an alcoholic. That's action. The second thing we learn to do is raise our hand and share, action. The third thing we learn to do is stand around hold hands and pray together. Or in the beginning, you learn to pray, beginning of spirituality, second step, fourth step. Oh Lord, that, that's, that's not the tough one. That's easy once you get rolling and you start writing up. When I started on this side of the fence, it was nothing but hatred. It's what you did to me. I mean, I wrote, that pen was so poison. If you touch it, you die. You know, it, it was that bad. That's it was right. really bad. And then I got to the other side and started doing the steps, and I found out, hey, back off here and start looking at yourself. What the hell were you in doing with all of this? You know, what was your part? And I'm telling you, what has happened is that that fence has been broken down as a result of both programs. I know I, I don't care if I'm supposed to talk about it or not. It's what the spirit tells me. Uh, is that I get the whole picture. I not only get to see what I did to others, but I get to look at what others, you know, how, how it really affected them and, and, and my part in it. Um, I had someone in my life who was just like me from the teenager on and uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, you want to learn powerless? I'm powerless over alcohol. You're also powerless over the isms created by alcohol. It's the isms that kick our ass. You know, I did everything wrong. I, I gave him money. I made excuses, you know. Checked up on him, followed him to the liquor store, Countered his drinks, took all the alcohol from underneath his bed, poured it out, everything you're not supposed to do with an alcoholic, you know? And one of the, I remember one of the worst things for me to deal with was somebody telling me what to do. When I did started doing my steps, that was a tough one. You gotta do that first step perfect. What the hell is perfect? First step, I admitted I was an alcoholic. How did I know you're an alcoholic? How did I know I was an alcoholic? It took, it took me a lot of meetings and a lot of writing and a lot of listening before I understood what it meant to be an alcoholic. Did I drink the blackouts? Did I drive with people drunk in the car? Did I take my kids drunk in the car? That means I was willing not only to commit murder, because that's murder now, if someone if, if you're guilty and they die, you get charged with murder. Am I willing to commit suicide? Yeah. Then I go to hospitals and institutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, you see, I had to uncover all of that crap before I could really admit I was an alcoholic. Not only did I have to lose everything in my life, I had to start looking at what I lost and why I lost it. And that's what the steps do for me. You know, it makes me look at me for who I am. I love who I am today. I have to work hard on it every day, every day. I have to be aware of what's my surround. God, when you get old, it sucks. You think you've got a 20 year old body and I fell the other night over there. And when you fall, it hurts like hell. You know, I mean, and it takes forever to heal. And um, anyway, I'm just rambling. It, it is what the hell it is. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my relationship with my wife because uh you now have 36 years baby girl i love you we both have 36 for now but july i get to go ahead but she's got 50 years in the other program so you know when i met her it wasn't you know the way i expected it to be so what i did as a good alcoholic i took over I took over the kids chores, I took over the cooking, I took over everything, you know, just so you don't leave me, just so you love me. You know, that's that's the reason I drank. I didn't want to be abandoned and I would do any damn thing I had to do to, to make you, well, basically my captive, because that's what I learned when I was young. I also learned to be a people pleaser, being an, that, at that young age, from 9 to I think 12, 12 or 13, I was literally a slave. I learned how to work. Uh, I did a man's job. At 10 years old, I was driving tractors, bucking hay bales. This is, you, you won't understand this, milking cows, all of that. You know, uh, I didn't get to participate in sports. I had no clothes. I got one pair of pants at Christmas that had the last the year. I used my old ones for the for the chores, um, I got two pairs of socks—one for work, one for school. I got one pair of boots that—oh uh, my God—I hated them. Everybody had these fancy boots, and I had these Buster Browns or a lot what the hell they like, call um, them—high top brown boots, that, you know—that would last a year. But anyway, uh, that's you know, our behavior when we're young. When we do these steps, it's so important to go back when you're young and don't mess around start looking at your part how did i react what did i do where did i pick up all these little isms why was i an alcoholic at nine years old because i had parents that didn't that literally abandoned me you know i i i had to scrounge food to eat both my sisters and i we we learned what time people ate dinner and that's where we would show up and that's the honest truth so you know we learned all of these sick-ass skills that when you get in the real world, none of them work. That's all I had when I came in here were childish tools, and none of them work. When I grew up, you know, nobody wanted to do what I tell you, or you know, I I was I wanted to control so bad of everything because my whole life had been out of control. I had never been allowed to do anything, and that's why I loved alcohol alcohol gave me that control I was always real tiny real skinny and by God that alcohol made me a he-man It made me tough. It made me rough and I could say any damn thing I wanted, you know But inside I was really a chicken shit. I was really afraid of everything and everyone I was afraid to stand up for myself and if I had that alcohol Not a problem get out of my face or we'll go to town, you know, it's just the insanity, this is what I learned when I was young, because I was bullied a lot and made fun of, so if I drink, I could fight these kids. I can hassle with them. Anyway, I'm rambling, I gotta talk about my wife and that relationship again, I keep going back to it. We've been together 36 years, and in that 36 years, and this is a result of both programs, by the way, in that 36 years, we've never yelled at each other, We've never called each other a bad name. We've never hurt each other. It's been communication, and that's what we need to learn in AA is how to communicate. First, you have to identify what the hell it is you want to communicate. You do that by going through the steps and understanding what your needs are, not your wants. There's a lot of things I want, but my basic needs are my house, my family, all of that which I have with her, you know. uh, My son has eight years in this program, and oh God, he's one of these that uh, says, I'm going to be a drug counselor, alcohol drug counselor, well, he did it. (laughs) Now he's working with homeless, and I'm really proud of him, and he lives with us. His children come and stay with us three and a half days a week, and you know, the joy of being able to go, oh God, Look look at my house, this and that. I mean, I don't stop. That's my problem because I like being in control. Can I do the dishes? No, because you don't put them in the dishwasher, right? Or I can't find my shit when you're done. I can look through the drawers and you know, I don't want to have to go and look for my pizza cutter. I mean, it's stupid little things, but you know, that's some of the isms that we deal with is perfectionism and that'll kill you. I guarantee you, none of us are perfect. At least I haven't been so far. Um, I love this program. I'm in a place where I never thought I would be. Uh, I'm actually serene. I'm actually that person that I hated so much when I came into this program. I really didn't like a lot of the Harveys in that. I didn't like being told to shut the f up, you got nothing to say. What, don't you know how important I am? You know, sit down boy, I don't want to hear what you got. That sounds like you're talking from a hospital. Yeah, that, that was the way they were. But what drew me to this program was the kindness and the love in this program, the spirit of this program. The other program says, you know, you may not like all of us, but you love us in a special way. And I really do love you all in a special way, in a way that I can't even explain, because, you know, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I have a man I was sharing with him because of this program. He's dying. He's my spiritual man that I talked about earlier. Uh, We've been together 37 years. We've got a little thing that we do every day so that if we don't talk to each other for a while, uh, we can go right to that and we're on the same page. I've been able to put this program before him. He's lost two children to this disease. And I was, you know, I went over to his place yesterday and his face is all swollen and, and he, the thing is, is this program taught me how to listen. And you know what listening is, folks? Listening is when someone is talking and you don't have an answer, a reply, or their solution in your head before they finish speaking took me a long time to do that, to hear what you're saying, and to just listen, just to analyze, okay, what are they trying to say to me? What is it that they're trying to get across? And just sitting across from him, because I learned that in this program, I was able just to sit and listen, let him talk. And I've learned through this program what's important. The money and property and prestige well, I had it, and you know what? I walked around with a big, empty stomach. At one time, I had more money than what. well, I guess I can share it. I, I had a plantation, an illegal plantation, and I had more money than what I knew what to do with. They passed a law that said, you gotta claim 10,000. Well, guess what? I started buying crap to fill this hole, this emptiness that I didn't understand what it was, that I couldn't put my finger on it, that. I just didn't feel whole. It was an ache, it was a constant ache, it was a constant need that I couldn't fill. I tried filling it with antiques, with God. I collected hat, everything from hat pins to dolls to silver to you name it. I had a drawer like this full of jewelry, anything just to make me feel good for that minute. I just couldn't fill that hole. I couldn't understand what love is. I couldn't understand how I love my children. It didn't make sense to me because I didn't know what it was. You know, I felt these feelings, but I really didn't understand what is love. And that was just the acceptance of someone for exactly who they are. You know, you don't have to have expectations of them. I don't, you don't have to have reservations. In other words, if you do for me, I'll do for you. You know, I don't give a crap who you are. All I know is that if you're in this program, whether or not you're in this program, I accept you for exactly who you are. It's really hard sitting in my higher power seat. I've tried that a lot, and I guarantee you, it's uh, a little more than I can handle, (laughs) you know. I can't control the world, even though I've tried. I can't control the universe, even though I thought I could through meditation, you know. There isn't anything that I didn't think I could do. I have been humbled by this program. You know the ones that humble me? Are the newcomers. The people that take that newcomer chip, 30, 60 days, 90 days. (laughs) God, you're a miracle. We don't see, keep coming back without a reason. Unless you keep coming back, you're not going to understand the joy and the freedom this program can give you. Reach out. Get off your ass. Get a sponsor. That action again. Action. Get a sponsor. Sit down with pen and pencil. Get a sponsor. Do a fifth step with that sponsor. Start writing down all the people you screwed over. That's easy enough. Just make the list then comes the hard part making the amends that was the hardest for me and then you know after that it's it's easy sailing right Um, (laughs) but you do have the 10th of the 11th prayer it's that constant contact with my higher power that keeps me sane keeps me whole and keeps me happy you know that that Helps relieve the bondage of living in this world, you know, this This humanistic world is is something else a natural world that that we live in and This program has taught me how to Live a day at a time this man that I sat with is living a day at a time I know what it means now. I understand what the hell a day at a time means. It means Every time I get up in the morning, I thank God that I'm breathing. I thank God that I can get up. I thank God that I have the ability to do what I have. I thank him for the people in my life. I thank him for my wife. I thank him for the physical ability at my age to be able to do what I need to do with her. And to love her. And to give her the things that she needs. And the people around me. What they need. Not what I want them to have. what they need they don't always want what i've got believe me especially you know sometimes the program they don't want to hear it that's and that's okay too and that's okay too um every time someone shares you guys it's so important that you share especially the newcomers i don't care what you have to say it's a gift it's a gift i get to walk out like i said with a handful of gifts every time i go to a meeting every time someone shares i get something from it the spirit of the program the pain i sometimes you know i relive the pain when they share i understand what it's like to get 30 days i understand what it's like to try and get 30 days and what a miracle it is to get there 60 90 and then you get to the hard one the first year that's the one where a lot of people people fall the first and the fifth year because by the fifth year you think, oh, I got this shit all, you know, I got it down, I got it down. Well, my fifth year wasn't a very good year, I can tell you that much. I was gone from home a lot and uh, what I had to do, I went to a men's retreat meeting and I did the steps and I found a man that I could love and that I could trust, that I loved and trust, H.C. see, whether if you know him. And I did a fifth step. Because what had happened when I first came into the program Uh, well, he's my brother-in-law now, that I did my uh, fourth step, I was doing it with him, and he shared it openly at a meeting. And uh, it took me five years before I could trust another person. He shared word for word what I had written. And uh, it took five years before I could do it again. Uh, But I kept coming back, you know. In the beginning, I'll be honest with you, I didn't do it for me. I did it because I wanted her in my life. You know, I don't know if you understand. I loved her from the moment I set eyes on her. I knew just by the way she walked and the way she talked, how abused she was and how abused I was and how gentle we could be. I knew that I could trust her. I knew that she would never cheat on me. I knew she would never hurt me or leave me, you know? That's a lot, that means everything. And I knew that from the beginning. I didn't know a lot, but I knew that much. And I kept coming back for her, and eventually I learned how to keep coming back for me, for me, to change me, to change my inner self, to find that spiritual aura that we have at these meetings every time we get together, or two or three or whatever, there's a spiritual aura about it uh, that, that I can't explain. It's, it's acceptance. It was the first time when I started getting into the program, it was the first time I felt accepted in my whole life. You know, it, it's, I always felt like an outsider. I always felt like, oh crap, you know. I, I didn't, I, I hated men. I hated men. And uh, I learned to love men. I hated women. I learned to love my wife and I learned to accept women. Uh, You know, there's a lot of things that have changed for me. Uh, God has a funny sense of humor. Uh, I've Through my sponsors, I've had black, I've had brown, I've had white, all males, all males. I've had gay, I've had... Oh, I'm telling you, I've, I've, I've gone the gambit, and they have saved my life. I'm going to tell you that for the last seven years, my wife has had a lot of medical problems, and to that time, I wasn't really getting to many meetings, and it was the people I sponsored that saved my life that called me. to started giving back to me everything I gave to them. This is a wonderful program, folks. Anything you want, you can have, or anything you need, you can have. Not necessarily everything you want. Sobriety, I look back at the things that I have changed in my life, and to think, oh God, how could I have ever done that, drunken or loaded? You know, I could have never been to the place that I'm at now. You know, it's uh, it's not an easy road. It gets easier as you go along, but it's still you live life like they say. I hated these slogans. I hated every one of them. Live life on life terms. Well, I'm forced to now. I can't go up ladders. I can't change light bulbs. There's a lot of shit I don't do, like ride bicycles or skateboarding, or, you know. You have to learn to help. And down comes a humility, and this program taught me what humility is. It's reaching your hand out and asking for help, and that's why you need a sponsor. Reach out to someone that you think you know. You don't have to, if it doesn't work, that's fine. Go to another one, that's why, you know, there's someone for everyone in this program. I have seen people come in here where in my judgment, oh God, they're never gonna make it. They just celebrated 19 years. Shows you what the hell I know. I know absolutely nothing. I don't judge people by that, you know. Look around, there's someone who will fit your pattern. You can listen to speakers. That's why meetings are important. Listen to the people that are sharing. You can tell the ones that are bullshitting You know, you can tell the ones that are just sitting there reciting word for word just because they know everything word for word doesn't know necessarily mean they know what life is really all about. Make your own decisions. You get to do that now. I didn't know I had a choice. I really and truly did not know I had a choice. So if you got to hop from person to person in the beginning, don't do it just to do it because, uh, you know, find the person you want. Uh, you know, uh, sponsor hopping, I guess you would call it. There's people who do that, that have done that. I'm one of them. Uh, Because uh, when I got to the fourth step, I wasn't about to share shit with you. You got, it's none of your business what I did, where I was at, or why I'm here. You know, I mean, this program has softened me to the person I am today. I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm giving. Uh, you know, it's not bragging, it's a fact. It's a fact. My hope, when I came in here, I just hoped to be like a peachy Christian. That's all I wanted, you know, nice and clean and sparkly and uh, spiritual and all of that. That was my hope. Well, what has happened, that hope has come to certainty. It's a fact now. Through this program, I have spirituality. I have so many tools in my toolbox to work uh, out my problems. Some of them is just shut a damn mouth and get out of the way. Others I have the ability to sit down and make suggestions. I don't tell anybody what to do. I make suggestions uh, it's it's this, this this program I could go on and on you know uh, I really. Objective to people like me sitting up here and telling me I'm glorifying this program, but I'm telling you I glorify this program. Not only this one, but the other side of the fence. When you get done with this side Go graze on the other side and what has happened to me is that I don't have any more sides. That fence is gone That fence is no longer there because of this program and the other program. I am a whole person I am a whole being. I am a godly man you know it's not bragging again it's a fact i learned how to love i mean really love to accept people and that's pretty hard to do because when i came in i didn't accept anyone or anything especially the guy sitting there shaking which was me um i just need you to know because that fence is gone i'm a whole person i need you to know i love you i run out of things to say so, anything I would say after this is probably bullshit. So, I'm going <laughs> to shut up and thank you all. Thank yeah. you. Bless you. Hey, Gary, get, announce your raffle. You. Bring your raffle, people up. Okay, let's give Don another hand. Great job. And, Brenda, congratulations and thank you for being our 10 minute speaker. And now it's time for our raffle. Tina Tina is going to do our raffle.
0: Tina. Tina is going to do our raffle.